Basically, I wanted to bring it down so you could check this, check out this. I like it. It feels nice. Feels like an Xbox controller. Basically. I mean, the analog sticks are more PS4-ish. So are these triggers, but... Yeah, so that was a... It's a weird mashup. But the the, la the, uh, the hand feel, in my opinion, feels closer to it. Yeah, the D-pad's very nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh. The triggers are really... Light and soft. These triggers are like very light and soft. <laughs> Do you not like that? No, they just feel too delicate. Delicate. The buttons are all moving clicky. Oops, I forgot to switch that back over. To That's one thing I miss about old school controllers: having affirmative button presses. Affirmative. Yes. Like the A button. Well, just like. That clicking, you know, resistance, that point of resistance where it just breaks and you know you've pressed the button instead of squishing a button down. Yeah, right. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? Hey, we It's a new episode of Space Time Taco. Yep. I'm, I'm Chris. And? Uh, I'm Nate. Uh, we're a little out of practice. Ugh, I need a drink. We're not doing, we're only doing audio right now because, um... Because we mess with the room to do our... Well, yeah, if you watched our live stream, our actually pretty successful Extra Life charity stream uh, two weeks ago, you will notice that the room has changed. Yes. Things are not where they used to be. Um, kind of, I guess. The The podcast table is still is in the same spot, but everything that I used to put the mic and the table, <laughs> or in the, the camera near the table... Does not exist there anymore. No. Uh, it's very close. <laughs> it's just at a different angle and over top of my computer desk. No. Um, I actually really like that. Uh, but yeah, so we're just doing audio today. It's going to be pretty, 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 pretty relaxed. We should bring up the. I know, <laughs> I was doing that at the time. No, 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 I got it. Don't worry about it, man. That's the best part about having the future. You got. Everything fucking connected. Everything's connected. Speaking of which, what we're looking at right now on this our is screen. This how you fixed me fucking up on Extra Life. This last is. Year. This is. I. What I'm doing right now is logging in remotely from my computer and switching the screens. Because. Which last year, Nate was playing a game with it just on his face and no <laughs> gameplay showing. So a lot of people just watched me lay on the couch for about 30 minutes. My favorite part, my favorite part is still that, um, you, uh, as I took over control of the computer, because it made, you were playing on a PC game, mm -hmm. um, it made it so your controller wasn't working, you were like, you unplugged it, you like took the battery pack yes. out, put the battery pack in, did the thing, put it back in, and it started working, because by the time you had done all that, <laughs> I had already let, relinquished control, uh, <laughs> I was extremely confused. <laughs> I mean, it was also... Th that was two years ago. Yes. That wasn't last... I just thought about that. That wasn't last year. No. Because uh, that year... That was the year that the it, w it went TV, couch... Oh, excuse me. Desk. Yeah. Um, which is why your controller... You were using the controller that way because literally the cord was coming from the computer to the front of the... <laughs> just slooping over. Slooping yes. over, slooping, whatever. Um, but yeah. Uh, speaking of controllers, Nate. Yes. So we were talking about. I'm going to include part of that talk 
Okay. About the I ha, I got my Stadia controller in. I did technically record an unboxing, but I didn't like it, so I didn't upload it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I will tell you multiple things about this controller right now, though. Uh, you have the capture button, obviously. Whatever, everything has a fucking capture ability nowadays. Yeah. Um, but there's also a little three dot button here, is for uh, Google Assistant. You so you hit that and you can ask it questions, right? Wrong. It's not access accessible yet. It has not been in put into uh, what's that word? Into production function. It's not available. It's, it's non-functional right now. Yes. Uh, as well as a lot of things. For instance, I have to have my controller plugged into either a PC or my phone to play on my PC or my phone. Um, I have not done it on my phone yet because I have to find my charger that is a USB to USB or USB C to USB C. Uh, I have one. It came with my phone. I just can't remember where it is. Um, I can play games on my TV upstairs because I you get along with the controller you get the Ultra the Chromecast Ultra which I will admit looking at that TV and then looking at play I was playing like the same thing on this TV I'm like ooh I can I can see a difference in quality of just streaming mm -hmm. um, game wise though I, playing wirelessly i don't have a hard line yet i have a cord i just haven't hooked it up um it is surprisingly good okay. uh like it i had a little bit of stutter when i loaded up destiny at first one of the biggest questions about the controller especially using it wirelessly with the chromecast because you've got you've got essentially one channel going into your Chromecast to receive signals from your controller. Mm -hmm. And you've got another channel coming in to stream a whole lot of game data. Yeah. So people were worried about input lag. Did you experience that with Destiny? I personally, no. Um, like I was saying, I, buffering kind of felt, at first, I felt like I had like a kind of buffer. But then once it moved past a certain initial startup kind of thing, mm -hmm. it felt a lot smoother. Um, I feel like if I am hardlined, it would be a lot better. Um, the, I actually, testing the lag, I didn't really care too much about the Destiny aspect. I thought more of the other free game, which is the Samurai Showdown, which is a fighting game. Yeah. Um, which, to me, I didn't notice it. But I'm also not a fighting game guy, so I don't know if, like, oh, is this the reaction time that I would normally have in this mm. game or not? So I don't, I'm not really a good uh, gauge for that either. Yeah. Um, I did want to buy other games for it to test them out because, I mean, I already have Destiny 2. I'm not going to play too much more of that. Um, well, I mean, I'll tell you, I'm sure you already know, but for the audience anyway who may, who may not know, um, if you dive into you know areas of the gaming community on YouTube and Reddit and place like that... The, Are you talking about Destiny well, no, just the Stadia in general. Oh, okay. Um, the state of this sort of, I guess for lack of a better term, I'll call it a virtual console. Mm. It's more of a, I guess, platform similar to Steam or something like that. Um, so you can't really access. Yeah. Currently, but, uh, you can't access the store side of it unless you have a phone. Yeah. Well, a lot of people were not happy with its launch. Um, a lot of people consider the launch library pretty lacking. Um, My biggest issue right now is the fact that they didn't... It is a beta. Mm -hmm. This is, for all intents and purposes, 
a beta, but because of the wording of it, it is considered a full launch. Yeah. Um, and there are people that are upset because they think it is a full launch kind of thing, situation. Yeah, it's just weird because, well, it's a whole new thing that Google is trying out, right? It's like the only physical, well, two physical things you really have in your possession are Chromecast Ultra mm. and a controller. Yeah. So it isn't like... And in all honesty, in most situations, like Lou, for instance, already had a Chromecast Ultra. Mm-hmm. Um, I had... I have three Chromecasts already. I didn't have the Ultra because I didn't have a 4K TV. Uh, and in all honesty, it's a cheap enough thing that it's not really that bad to begin with. No. Um, but with the the outside of that... It really is just the controller because yeah. you have a phone already. Gotcha. You have a computer. It, you might have. Well, yeah, it works on. Mm-hmm. It like you were complaining about. I hate to say <laughs> complaining, but you were like, Stadia is browser based. I'm like, yeah, but that is because it can be opened up on any computer. Well, that makes sense. So that that was where I was kind of like, it's, yeah, duh. it's a new and unique approach to platforming video games. Is the thing. Like, it's not... If you think of, like, the way Steam or even the Epic Store or something like that works, Mm -hmm. you know, you download essentially what is an application that gives you access to a storefront, but your own hardware is driving everything on that. Mm -hmm. Now, that is transferable from one piece of hardware to the next piece of hardware. I can put... I can load my Steam account onto your PC and download my games onto your PC without you making a purchase. You can actually even remote play. Yeah, so you can do all of that. Um, But it's not, you know, those games are are individual products in and of themselves that you buy and so on and so forth. You download them, that data is there. Um, With Stadia, it's unique because you're not really downloading so much as you're just streaming that content. You're just, just literally, you're like, I want to play this game. All right, Mm -hmm. let me load the, yeah, okay, you're playing this game. So, with it being completely browser-based, that assuming Stadia becomes a success and this thing, you know, takes off, um, that has a chance to shift the market in a big way. Um, Probably away from physical home consoles, which is kind of a shift we're already seeing. Especially with... So a big thing about the Stadia launch, which kind of was a big fuck you to Stadia, um, Xbox had their X019 event a few -hmm. days before the launch where they announced that Project xCloud, their streaming-based gaming solution, uh, would have access to game pass hmm. so basically you will be able to play your games anywhere but also have access to hundreds of games immediately so, um, and that's great the which only there th- is none of that you get these two free games and i think it's supposed to be every month or so they add like another game or two mm-hmm. i don't i don't even know if they've really described it much um but you don't have a library of games i only have two games yeah. everything else i have to buy which varies from Full price games to like, what you get, mm-hmm. Rise of the Tomb Raider twenty year anniversary celebration is twenty nine ninety nine. Um, I think where was I? Pricing wise, it's like twenty dollars, twenty five dollars, thirty nine ninety nine. You can play both. You can play Farming Simulator ninety nine nineteen. 
2019. Well, see, that's got to... It, it changes... <laughs> well, it changes the way we look at the game market, too, because I've always talked about, you know, my sort of hang-ups concerning digital-only titles and buying mm-hmm. physical copies of them. And I get that, you know, maybe I'm just not keeping up with the times there, but forgetting all of that, putting that aside, you know, could this help us see a reduced cost for some of these AAA full-launch $60 titles that we're used to seeing? Because no longer does the publisher have to dump money in the production of those physical copies mm-hmm. anymore. They can just bring them straight on digital marketplace and... You know, maybe we get a drop in price. Maybe they decide to go the other route and just say, screw it, we're going to leave them at a $60 price point, and we're just going to soak up the profits from not having to do that stuff anymore. Which, um, to be honest... It's not a terrible thing. Yeah, but, I, I wouldn't be upset by that too much. Hopefully those profits get reinvested in making better games and not just paid out as dividends to shareholders. <laughs> I would love it, if, I'd love it if it was like, hey, we're doing this now, so you don't have to worry about... Um, was it? Oh, we, we are now saving the money from having to print, having to actually print these games and have them mm-hmm. shipped, and then we won't force the companies to release a game that isn't finished anymore. Because yeah. it'll be di- 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 all digital and just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We this good. is true. I mean, everyone knows my biggest hangout hangout is my inability to sell those games back when I'm finished with them. I can't give them to anybody, trade them with anybody, share them with anybody. Um, it'd be nice if I could, if they did it in a way where, say, I get a digital license for a game, and then say, hey, Chris, you want to play this game I got? I know you don't have it, and then it just lets me transfer the digital yeah. license to you. Oh, that'd be great, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the closest to that is I log in with somebody else's Xbox account, yeah. and then just switch my account and play the game. Yeah. <laughs> but it'd be nice if I could do something. I would be more down for digital games if I could do something like that. If I had the ability to... You know, give up my right to play that game digitally and give it to somebody well, else. Well, like, I look at the fact that, mm-hmm. so I have the YouTube family account, mm-hmm. which basically translates to a Google Play family account. I buy something digitally, everyone in my YouTube family, my, my Google family, now can play, watch, read, listen to that product. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if you could set it up where it's like, hey, you can share this license with a certain amount of people, but if you want to share it with more, you have to kick that person off the property or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was that's basically how a lot of ga- things were sold to either fam- not so much families, but like businesses and schools, where it's like, yeah. hey, you have this this license to this product, you could install it on this many computers. That's how licenses <laughs> and businesses get, you know, a copy of Windows on their computer all yeah. the time. They just buy a company license to that, and then that license is unlimited use. Hell, I have I bought li- licenses for fonts, yeah. So I could use it in promotional material or anything that could possibly make money, mm-hmm. just in case. Um, right. <laughs> I think like your our shirts. All right, keep talking. I gotta pee. <laughs> oh, Nate has drank a lot of things. Uh, I don't know what I'm gonna talk about. I don't have anything to talk about. Thank you, everybody, for donating to Extra Life. We love you. We've hit our we hit our goal. Uh, our goal was thirteen thirty seven, one thousand three hundred thirty seven dollars. We hit that. Um, not during the twenty four hour stream, but not too long after, actually. Uh, and then up until today, I believe the last time I looked at it, we were at one thousand three 
$1,422. So thank you, anybody and everybody that took a chance, took a chance, took a, took the time to either donate, watch, hang around, share. We love you all. You're fucking awesome. Um, and because of how much you raised, I am now required to get a Space Time Taco tattoo, which by my own rules means I now have to get two tattoos, the Space Time Taco tattoo and my outline of the Mach 5, which was going to be my first tattoo of all time ever. Oh boy. So I'm going to have two. I'm going to have both, different, both arms. Have I ever told you? So I have this whole thing where I, I have no tattoos. I am just completely barren tattoo-wise. Blank uh, Yeah. Because of me being how I am, I've always wanted tattoos. And it's got it's been to the point that like I wanted tattoos so bad that in my mind I'm like I know what my plan would be. My left arm would be all cartoons, and my my uh, right arm would be all video games. And I've had people be like, "Why is that?" And I'm like, "Well, because I used to draw on my left hand or left arm all the time because I'm right-handed." Yes. And it wouldn't make sense to me if I had cartoons drawn on my right arm. <laughs> <laughs> Made sense in my head. So, cartoons on this arm, and video games on this arm. I'll tell you, everybody gets tattoos for different reasons, and they get the tattoos that they get for different reasons. I actually was even talking about with it, I was talking about it with Kim, and I'm like, if I end up liking these two, I already know what my third one is going to be, and it's like this little minimalist image of Space Mountain from Disney World. <laughs> but I don't want to put it on either arm, because it's not a cartoon or a video game. No. So I'm going to, I don't know, put it on my leg or some shit. Well, there's like lots of tat- there's tattoos that I've wanted to get, but I've always considered like where on my body I would like to get them. You gonna get a Baby Yoda? No. <laughs> it's gonna be. I've only known Baby Yoda for a day, but if anybody hurt him, I would kill you, <laughs> everybody, and myself. Yes. Um, I didn't. Know, I didn't get that quote right, but I don't well, care. It's always the size of the tattoo, like how much physical space we need to take up to look good, and then also what the tattoo actually says or represents because I don't want it to show like publicly if it's gonna be a point of controversy I guess Um, you controversial (laughs) no (laughs) only behind a screen (laughs) keyboard warrior oh my god for life um no well you let me futz around with the Stadia controller for a little bit and it feels nice it is a nice controller. It like if Google, Google makes, in my opinion, comfortable machines. I mean, let's or products. <laughs> I'll just put it this way: when Google Glass was hot, and I used to go to conventions a lot, there were tons of people with Google Glass. Yeah. When I finally was able to get a Google Glass after I signed up and waited for months and months and months for them to contact me. And then they canceled it? No, it was $1,500 fucking dollars. I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. So, like, I was making barely above minimum wage at the time that this thing came out and they wanted $1,500 just for the base model and, like, $300 to $600 for different pairs of lenses to fit into the frame. So so you didn't get a Google Glass? No, but I know people to this day who still have a Google Glass. Do they use it still? I don't think it even has connectivity anymore to like really? any of the Google services. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I wish they would bring it back. But it they so swear clean. that it was a well-built product. Now, I don't know if that's just biased because they spent money on it. So you never even <laughs> tried it out? You never wore no. them? See, man. 
And my thing was, it was one, the price, and two, it was I was waiting for them to put out ones with prescription lenses. Um, yeah. Because there was no way I was going to get a pair to wear and then have to switch it out mm-hmm. with my regular glasses. Um, well, that's the thing. Like, heads-up displays, the biggest market for actually, for heads-up displays right now is actually the automotive market. They're putting them in... in the- cars. Yeah. Well, they started putting them in, in like, you know, high-end sports and luxury vehicles, but they're also in, you know, mid-range cars now, too. You can find them in, you know, your typical Fords and Toyotas now. Mm-hmm. And usually they'll display, you know, a speedometer on there or something very simple. They're not How many super bullets advanced. you have left? <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe if you're driving an Aston Martin and you're James Bond. But. What if you're driving a Cybertruck? <laughs> oh, God. We won't go into detail, except so, <laughs> I thought I want one. But I don't want one. I want one for how horrible it looks, and that's yes. literally it. I made the joke that I can't wait to get isekai by um, Tesla truck coon. So. <laughs> I feel like if you ever got into an accident with that thing, it would destroy everything in its path. <laughs> it looks like it is... It's a rolling brick. Yeah, it, it looks like it can fuck you up. <laughs> it it looks like people have described it as a uh, door wedge. Yeah. Um, I first time I saw it, I instantly thought of a Halo One uh, warthog. Yeah. Uh, the a lot tires. Of people have already made that yeah. joke. Tires one hundred percent just look like a warthog tire. Yes. Um, I didn't realize like I saw it, it was it's called Cybertruck. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was a pickup truck. Yeah. I then finally saw it from the back, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yes. How is this a so truck? The thing is, is the way it's shaped. Because it's got, like, the or It's the yeah. it's, a, it's a... It's so stupid. It's just... The way it's shaped is... Sorry. From... I just realized that when was you think of a like. pickup truck, you have a three-box design. You have the hood compartment. You Little have box. Cab in the middle, which Biggest is your tall box, box. Tall box. And then you have your long box, long which box. is the bed, right? Yeah. Well, this does away with that design entirely. Slight incline. Yeah. Another no, incline. So there's no separation between that silhouette. There's no separation on that silhouette. So what you get from the side is what looks like an SUV almost. Now, I will say the way that it works is technically the pickup truck, as- the pickup aspect of it, mm-hmm. there's more space in there. Oh, yeah. There's, because uh, it now is boxed the way in a way. designed it yeah. is it allows for a much larger bed. Which is good for a pickup truck. You want a whole lot of cargo space. Yeah. Um, and you could 100% hide people back there. Yes. My like you question... drive around and not be seen as easily. I mean, my biggest question for them, just from automotive standpoint, the idea of a pickup truck is to be a utilitarian vehicle that hauls stuff, right? Yeah. And normally when you see an ad for a pickup truck on TV or whatever, you're thinking about... Dennis the... Leary. <laughs> yeah, Dennis Leary. Built for <laughs> death. You're thinking about the load capacity, which is the recommended weight of stuff you can put in the bed of the truck, and the towing capacity. Towing capacity is based around torque, which is engine output and all that fancy stuff. The bottom line is diesel engines are really, really good at pulling stuff Uh and pushing stuff. This is an electric engine. Yeah. This is an electric engine. So... Do they have... What's the... The benefit of an electric engine is the torque is direct, at least in Tesla vehicles. It's directly applied to the wheels because the engines are mounted on the axles for the wheels. There's no gearbox to go through. So if you drive like a Model S or a Model 3 or a Model X, it's just one long gear you're driving through. Tesla Cybertruck could hit 1,000 pounds per foot of torque with plaid power? Oh, are they saying palladium maybe? 
know it's what P-L-A-I-D. Is that plaid or plaid? Plaid. That is plaid, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know what that means. Let's see the text, the specs. A thousand foot pounds of torque is actually pretty The Cybertruck. I'm so mad that I'm looking this up. A thousand foot pounds of torque is absolutely ridiculous. That's like pull the earth off its axis. Nine things you need to know. Number one, yes, it's a pickup truck. Oh my god. What? Not only is it a pickup truck, but when you go in, when you pull down the truck, the, the, the truck bed, mm-hmm. it does the thing. Oh god, so you pull down the tailgate, and the tailgate itself Extends. turns into a ramp. <laughs> it's like fucking Star Wars doors, man. That's actually a neat idea. Right? Because the major issue with Alright, I'm starting trucks, to get sold on this Cybertruck. <laughs> well, the major issue with some trucks is, like, my dad has a set of ramps for his truck, so mm. he can, you know, put, like, a snowblower back there sometimes. The thing is, is you can't really fit those ramps... You have to then also carry these ramps and put them in the yeah. truck bed itself. But this so is all... This is all contained. All right, you wouldn't uh, really angle 6.5 foot long... Oh, the, yeah, truck indeed pickup complete with a 6.5 foot long, 100 cubic foot capacity cargo bed and a six passenger... Six passenger crew cab. That's it's, uh, 231 inches long, which is compar- comparable, comparable, whatever, to other large pickups. Doesn't really say anything in there. It has specs. It will come with one, two, or three electrical motors, including rear drive and all-wheel drive configurations. It'll reach 60 miles per hour in 6.5 seconds, tow up to 7,500 pounds, and carry seven or uh, carry. Ooh, excuse me. 3,500 pounds in its base guise. What the hell? Let's. That's practically like semi carrying capacity. You're talking the two about. motor variant will reach sixty and four point five, in tow ten thousand pounds, and the three motor will hit sixty and two point nine, and pull fourteen thousand pounds. Ranges Jesus. will vary from two hundred fifty to five hundred miles. Pricing range from thirty nine nine uh, thirty nine or forty thousand to seventy thousand. Basically, all models will have an adaptive air suspension for self leveling and ride height adjustment, up to sixteen inches. Interior is roomy and features Tesla's signature central touchpad in the case, in this case, a 17-incher. <laughs> which means you can play Cuphead on a 17-inch screen. Um, it goes off... So, what? Dude. Okay. This thing's got it set up like a camper. Yeah. You've never seen truck bed campers? Well, I have, but, I mean, <laughs> it looks like this shit's all hooked onto the truck, the, the, the like... Yeah. What am I? What is this future that I want now? It's bulletproof-ish. It just says it's bulletproof, but I'm gonna say ish because if you throw a metal ball, turns out it breaks windows. windows. Uh, It's seriously heavy. So Um, here's the funny thing, right? Is just the specs. I started this by talking about how much this design is divisive. Yes, how how much it could really, you know, carry and pull and stuff like that. One of the numbers you looked up was a thousand pound foot of or yeah, pound of torque. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or pound feet of torque. Um, that's an electric motor. Equivalent to that, my dad owns a 2017 Dodge Ram 2500 with a, I think it's like a six-something liter Cummins turbo diesel in it. It's just Is a it big Cummins? motor. Yes. Um, Cummins motors. That's got around like maybe 800 foot-pound of torque, <laughs> um, which is a lot of towing capacity. I mean, the thing can tow quite a bit. 
the new one that's coming out for the 2019 model year is supposed to have a thousand pound feet of torque. Now to put that into perspective, that is your pickup truck towing a semi huh. behind it. <laughs> like that's how much towing capacity it has. At something like 30 miles an hour, it could do that reliably. Um, for that to be an electric truck, that's an extreme amount of battery output, like all at once. So they have a lot more space to work with. I'm imagining the the weightiest component in any electrical vehicle is the battery. So I'm wondering what those batteries are going to look like, how heavy the thing is really going to be, and if at the end of the day, are they going to reach that fuel capacity tip for electric vehicles? I, in my head, I'm just imagining that the, the battery itself is actually pretty light, but they put <laughs> giant weights next to it, so it has the ability to pull what it's pulling. Yeah. Well, they how the fuck did we start talking about Tesla this much? I have no idea. We do this every podcast. <laughs> the Google Stadia controller, though. Really nice machine. Nice controller. Uh, it works better than the Pro... No, okay. Controller, great. Streaming games, pretty good for, you know, like our, our, the big okay. first for for, for yeah. like, uh, The user interface is trash because you can only access the user interface for the most part from your phone. Yeah. You can't buy things through the TV. You can't buy things through your PC. You have to do it on your phone. Um, the selection currently, again, because of it being in a beta, but because everybody says it's a full launch, it only has like 20 games. Mm -hmm. um, three of which are Tomb Raider. One of which is the original Tomb Raider. Not original, but uh, 2013 Tomb Raider. Oh, which triangle titties. It's a real great game. You can unlock the triangle boobs, can't you? Isn't that like a bonus feature? I think you can unlock triangle titties. Um, I saw somebody actually back to the Tesla thing. Somebody, yes. Did you see that? It's like, dude, dude. Um, People made so many jokes. About which is so funny, too, because it's like, here's like an old car. Here's old what's-her-face. But then the new version of both of them, one has gone down in the, the pixels, and the other one has gone up in pixels. Um, There's like... Three billion pixels in 2B's ass alone, so... 2B? Is that near Automata? Yes. Automata? Okay. I said pixels. What I meant to say was polygons. Polygons. Polyhedrals. Anyway. <laughs> Stadia, yeah, Stadia, right now, is not the best. Do not, in my opinion, wait. Uh, I'm okay with not waiting because, one, I got a cool controller that I think I might be able to use on other games. I haven't really tested it yet. I would try. Um... But also, because I have my name, <laughs> nobody stole Time Lord Burrito. No. Uh, if you want Space Time Taco, go for it, man. I mean, yeah, please don't. I mean, I reserve the right to come to your house and punch you for it, but... In the dicks. Part of the terms of service. <laughs> it says that. If you steal the name from somebody, you have to get dick punched. Yep. We're skipping courts. <laughs> skipping courts. There is no due process. The due process is from hand to balls. I'm like Judge Dredd. I just punch people in the dick instead of brutally murder them. Judge Dick. Puncher. <laughs> dick puncher. I feel like that's a thing. Judge Richard Puncher. <laughs> yeah, there you go. My name is Judge Richard Puncher. <laughs> Judge, Judge Richard Fisticuffs. <laughs> uh, rich Fist. <laughs> they call me Rich Fist. Why do they call you that? Because I fist dicks. Wait. Close enough. 
Alright, moving on to actually, I don't know, gaming. It, well, I know we were talking gaming. Yeah, we're going to talk about like, a bunch what of video play. games all at once. I'm going to let Dave, Dave, you're not Dave. No. Sorry. I'm, I'm significantly Nate. blacker than that person, but. <laughs> I'm going to let Nate talk for a little bit. I'm talking about Need Speed. Need Speed. <laughs> so, we didn't type out podcast notes before this, so as we're name <laughs> listing games. <laughs> Chris is at the computer just typing in the most fucked up names for all the games we're going to talk about. So, the first one is actually Need for Speed Heat, but... He also known as Need Speed. Need Speed. We'll, talk, <laughs> we'll bring up the names as we go through. Yeah, so, Need for Speed Heat. A lot of people who were in the Need for Speed franchise or racing games in general were excited about this game. It's pretty fucking good. So, major issue with Payback is you had these things called Speed Cards, which were the parts you would use to upgrade your car. Like loot boxes, they were pretty much earned at random almost. So, it was impossible to like have a progression system for a car that you really wanted without grinding stuff out to get the cards you needed to upgrade it. Um, there were bonuses for matching up cards and stuff like that. It was just a ridiculous system. So that's all gone. Now the parts just have simple grades all the way from like stock all the way up to like Elite Plus and then you can earn special parts for doing high heat races at night um, to put in different cars. Um, the day-night cycle system actually works really well. You can switch between day or night at any time unless you already have heat at nighttime. Oh, that's cool. Yes. So what happens is you can go during the day, and if you want to, you can go back to the garage and switch to nighttime if you want to, or during the day you can open up the map, click in the left stick, and then the game will flip to nighttime. The reason that you can't flip back to daytime automatically is because the whole purpose of nighttime is to stay out as long as possible, build up your heat, which increases your rep, which is basically your character level, more or less. So, it has two major systems. Rep allows you to unlock more cars and more parts for those cars. Money, of course, is what you use to buy them with. I'm mad because you, when you were talking about you, you have to build up your heat later mm -hmm. in the night, I'm like, so you're edging? No. Basically, you're edging as a racer. <laughs> so, Heat is a system that was used, like, all the way back in the most wanted games. And it essentially was the chances of you being screwed over by police. Mm. So, think of it as a one level in GTA, yeah. in this instance, right? So, as your Heat goes up in Need for Speed Heat, the cops get significantly more aggressive. They send special units after you. They set up roadblocks and spike trips. They'll send choppers after you. All kinds of stuff. Um... Your job, basically, during nighttime is to go do nighttime races and events. You know, even initiate cop chases occasionally to get your heat up. Because it acts as a multiplier for your overall rep that you earn. Hey, Ken. Hi, Ken. Hi. Yeah, we're not, we're just recording audio. Okay. What's up? Hi. Hi. Yeah. Hey, sure. What's up? Nothing. You done Nothing. watching Pocahontas? Yeah. Yeah. She, she get just around the river bend? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Singing with all the colors of the wind? Huh? All up in Jocelyn's <laughs> penis. <laughs> no, so you build up this rep at night through different races. He's the talking about X is a multiplier when you go and you bank it. <laughs> I just picked this shit right back up. Um... <laughs> Maybe I don't want to be that. <laughs> so you bank it and you're done with the nighttime stuff. You can go earn cash during sanctioned daytime races where the cops won't chase you for racing. Um, 
it's got a story to it. It isn't exactly a brilliant or bright story as you would expect from a racing game, but it's there. Um, the funnest aspect of it, honestly, is the racing itself. All the racing in this game feels really good. All the cars feel different from one another like they're supposed to. And you can set cars up for various styles of racing. I currently have, like, six cars in this game. And they're all set up for different types of races. What did she Butts. <laughs> also, yes. Uh, Need for Speed Heat has butts. Lots oh, does it does have butts? Lots of butts? Well, because um, it's in Miami, right? Yeah. It's, it is, it's, called it's heat. set in a fictional Miami setting. Um, but it's actually Miami. The As opposed it, to... Yes. What is... It was uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Yeah. So it's got... You know, various tracks and stuff, and it, it's it's an overall good racing game. It's probably the best Need for Speed game to come out in a long time. The last one I really enjoyed was Rivals, where you could play as a cop, which was fun, because you just yeah. mess with people. Yeah. I don't remember. I think the last one I played was the first Underground. Okay. Didn't they do a second Underground? Yeah. This brings back a lot of that experience from the first Underground, mixed in with some of the stuff from the Need for Speed reboot. Uh-huh. Um, overall, it's... Like Starring I said, it's, Jesse Pinkman. It's probably the best... Need for Speed game to come out in a long time, and I think anybody who's a fan of the franchise, at least, or just a fan of arcadey racing games, will enjoy it. And I will say that is saying this is the best in a long time, not as a joke on the fact that the last decade of Need for yeah. Speed games have been trash. They've been... Like a, it's a legitimately well, good game. Yes, it's a legitimately good game. Um, I don't think any racing game is ever going to break the mold to bring people who aren't into racing games into them. That's me. This definitely isn't one of them. I like Mario Kart. Yeah. And I mean, other kart, kart racers kart are their own games. niche genre in and of itself. It's like Smash so, Brothers. I hate fighting games, except for Smash Brothers. It's like, I can't apply the fundamentals I would to Forza to Mario Kart. They're just not the same. You can drift in Forza. Yeah. Yeah, you can drift in Mario Kart. But drifting also doesn't magically make me go faster. What? Either. It doesn't? <laughs> You don't get flames? No, believe it or not, real cars, when they go sideways, tend to slow down. (laughs) I don't believe. Have you, do you see that gif that's going around of the guy drifting and then he just drives off the side of the road? Yes. (laughs) It's like, nice drift. (laughs) This actually happens to people quite a lot in racing games. They drift and then they go, whoop, right off the side of the mountain. Not so much in Mario Kart. It's flat. Unless you're kidding. Unless you're kidding. Fucking Rainbow Road. Like, everybody goes off that track. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so what else have you been playing, Nate? Cod Madam Warfare. Okay. <laughs> I didn't come Keep, up with did these Did you look names. at the list that you typed on at all? <laughs> so, Modern Warfare. <laughs> um, I picked it up to play it with a friend of mine. The campaign is good. There's a lot of mission variety I in it. I hear it's short. It is short. But there's a ton of mission variety. Every mission in this one feels unique, just like it did in COD 4. Okay. So when you're playing through them, there's different tactics applied for each mission. You usually get some kind of unique gadget or kill streak in each mission to use. Some of the missions are, like, pitch does, black at nighttime. Does it have any, um, any, uh, no Russian-like level? Or is it just it start does. off like that? So, one of the campaign levels you start off is actually, um, at Piccadilly Circus in London. And terrorists attack it. You, at the time, are a... I think you're still British SAS at the time. You play as this guy... Uh, I forget his name. But you he's basically the guy that Captain Price recruits by the end of the game. Or okay. really at the beginning of the game, honestly. Right after this mission takes place. So he's a sergeant. You are tasked with tracking this terrorist cell... Your, guy, your group has been tracking them for months. You find them, you know, going to Piccadilly Circus in London. 
but the rules of the engage rules of engagement have changed so you can't fire first on them. Of course, suicide bomber comes out, blows up, and then they just go to town on Piccadilly Square killing civilians and shit like that. Your job is to kill all them, but there's an achievement on this mission for not killing any civilians while you do it. Oh, wow. The thing is, is it's so hard to do because it's not... The graphics are extremely photorealistic in this one. Like, it's ridiculous how good they actually look. And you're playing on Xbox. Xbox One, yeah. So X or X? Xbox One X. So... With the graphics being as good as they are, the chaos that is happening around you, sometimes it is difficult to distinguish between a running civilian and a running assailant. You have to like physically see the gun in their hands, or they oh, have to so be shooting. Not, I guess it doesn't know. have like a you don't have any kind of like highlight indicator no, being like, hey, this is like a bad that. dude. Um, so the second time I played it through just to get that achievement, I was pacing myself so much through the level just to make sure I didn't shoot civilians, and I used the pistol that they start you with and never picked up another gun. Yeah. Well, that's smart. You have a lot more control with that. Yeah. So, you do you don't want to spray and pray that you don't hit it. The one thing I didn't like about the campaign, though, was the plot. It was very, very fast-paced, very rushed. Characters in the plot, like, die. The first character you play is actually dies by the end of the campaign. But it doesn't matter because you haven't gotten to know, know this yeah. person. Um, I expected them... When people were talking about how controversial the camp- campaign might be or how dark and gritty it may feel, yeah, it's got missions that are basically ripped straight out of headlines. You do one mission where you're defending a U.S. embassy in a foreign Middle Eastern country, which is very reminiscent of the whole Benghazi thing. Um, but it never says anything when it's pl- with its plot. I expected it to touch on the nat- nature of actual modern warfare. Soldiers- well, especially when they were very, in the beginning, when, when this game was coming out, they were like, we are being very serious. We're taking this very seriously and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Well, I expected it to say something about the nature of modern warfare, the effect it may have on soldiers and the larger world, and the fact that not everything you do, especially as part of basically a black ops squad, is going to be you know, 100% on the books legitimate all mm-hmm. the time. Um, instead, what you get is a line from Captain Price near the end of the campaign where he just kind of excuses us all. He says, we get dirty so the world stays clean, and that's it. The whole conflict is resolved in that single sentence. And then from then on, it's soldiers are 100% good guys all the time. Everything they do is great. Yeah, that doesn't so, sound as serious as they no. made it seem like it was going to be. I expected it to not just prescribe to you an ideal in that way. Um, so I was disappointed with that, but otherwise the campaign does play very well. As far as the multiplayer goes, people have had their gripes about the multiplayer. Maps can... Well, really, they're set up to be rather campy, like old school COD. Yeah. Um, so it there sounds are like they ways listen to, to what people whine about, but now it's been too long that yeah. I mean, going. the map design is good though. There's more verticality than in the older COD games, so it's not just stuck to one level playing field. Yeah. The three lane map concept is pretty much eliminated, except for the very small maps that are meant to be played that way. Have um, they brought back any classic maps? They haven't brought back any classic maps except for some of the gunfight maps that are reminiscent of older classic maps. Um, what I mean by that is there's a game mode of multiplayer called Gunfight. It's the one that was all in the alphas and betas that everyone was playing. Essentially, it's usually two-on-two. It's round-based, and it gives everybody the same loadout every single round. Your job, of course, as a 2v2 team is kill the other two people before they kill you. Mm-hmm. Um... One of the maps is actually an old Spec Ops map. It's the Gulag Showers from COD 4 Spec Ops. So 
when you played Spec Ops in COD 4, it was a series of co-op missions you could do. One of them was to infiltrate a gulag, and you started in the showers with that gulag. Um, so, you have that, Matt. But, um, the no biggest shit, changes to the game as far no as multiplayer shit, goes, there's no more hit-scan weapons. Those are all gone. Everything is projectile-based. You can especially feel that in the larger ground war, which is a 64-player battlefield oh, cool. I like experience. when they bring those kind of things in. Um, the gun customization is upped. You have a gunsmith menu now. So you actually can unlock different barrels for your gun, underbarrel attachments, sights, that, and all kinds of stuff. Is that something that uh, they've implemented any microtransactions or they've, they've no. stayed away from that still? Zero microtransactions still. The only thing you can currently purchase with COD points is what they all have for every Call of Duty game. They've had it for a long time. It's a thing called endowment. What endowment is is you buy something... How big is your COD? <laughs> You used to it used to come in the form of um, special dog tags that were launched every COD release. We had these at GameStop all the time. You pay like five bucks for them, and basically what would happen is the proceeds would go towards things like Wounded Warriors Project. Um, this time, I think it's ten dollars because you get a bunch of extra digital customization content, like a calling card and stuff like that, um, in game. Um, but the weapons have a lot of unlocks, a lot of unique stuff going on. The perk system is back. It's three perks. Um, you do have a battle supplies thing, so you pick one option of several, and it charges up over time, so like an ultimate ability almost. So like, say you want stopping power, it's no longer perk anymore. You wait for stopping power to charge up, and then you can load a magazine into your gun of stopping power huh. rounds. That's weird. Um, kill streaks are back, which are nice. They're pretty much classic kill streaks. Um, they work a little bit differently than what people are used to, but none of them are... None of them are overpowered anymore, is the thing. If they are overpowered, it's stuff you really got to fight to earn. Juggernaut, for example, is the most overpowered thing, but it's the only 17 kill, I think, kill streak in the game. Um, the only other mode in the game is the co-op spec ops mode, but this time it's not separate missions. It's yeah. structured like that, but it's these huge maps. The enemies spawn infinitely, and I have not completed a single one. The game just butt fucks you on these for some What's reason. The, there's something within that that they changed something, right? Um, they uh, have, oh no no sorry, I'm thinking of uh play they there's the PlayStation exclusive thing. Yeah, so there was a part of that that was PlayStation exclusive, which is fine, whatever. The game mode itself is not great, and we're fifty. Yeah, the game mode itself is not great, and the fucking. It, it needs to be retooled entirely. Um, that's all I hope. But stop hitting buttons, Cam. No. Cam, stop! Won't stop. Now Chris can talk about four ages. So I actually wanted to talk about Digimon Barrier first. Okay. <laughs> Kim's face. Obviously, Digimon Barrier is Pokemon Shield. Um, so I got Pokemon Shield. Obviously, I love that. What I played of it so far. Um, I I've gotten through the first three, Jim gym battlers um that's how I'm, I'm just talking today i'm out of it today i don't know what's up if we had recorded this yesterday it would have been a little bit better probably i'm probably. just like washed yeah yep washed uh-huh. <laughs> so obviously if you've been on the internet at all you've been seeing a lot of people complain a lot about pokemon before it came out all of you motherfuckers, shut your goddamn mouths. No. Because. <laughs> Give me all my Pokemon. This game is great. It looks fantastic. Uh, 
the changes they've made have simplified so many things. Um, this is, first and foremost, Pokemon is a fucking kid's game. Yes, Nate. Like Do you know people, what else, though? That's like when people shout at me that Star Wars is for kids. It's not. Star Wars is for kids, Nate. <laughs> a man gets his arm cut off in the first movie. Do you know how many people have died in a Disney movie? You see Clayton, yes, it's his shadow, but literally strangled to death in vines. So you see his shadow strangled to death in vines. Every single Disney character Peter only Pan has, has one us. or two the dead parents. young kid from Pocahontas kills Coco Hum. Coco Hum. Straight up shoots him. Just straight up shoots Coco Hum. You're saying that's so weird. I know. What is it? Cocoa Womb? Cocoa Womb. Cocoa Womb. I haven't watched Pocahontas since, like... His name is in the song! Which song? Just Around the Riverbed. I don't remember. All I know is... Because it's relevant. Don't ever let your husband on an Indian reservation. (laughs) I have been on an Indian reservation. Yeah, we're not going to Plymouth Plantation. Um, I don't want to go there anyway, because... I'm not going to any place called Plantation, so... Rude! Well, it's in, like, a preserve it's of called plantation. Native Native yeah, he's, he's not. He's, he's, yeah. Um, it's not that kind of plantation. Yeah, it was Indians instead of black people. Your face right now. Your face, stop! Um, We're not talking about Frozen? Well, I can't. I wanted to t- just say that I enjoyed it. Because he hasn't seen it. Yet. It good. It good. Also known as Cold Bitch Dose. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, back to back to Digimon Barrier. Um, yeah, the the only complaints that I I understand. Um, what? No national decks. You're just really wacky today. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, know, I don't know what it is either. Um, Cold bitch does. Cold, cold bitch does. I have been playing Pokemon since the first game. Yeah. I skipped a lot of them. Red or blue? So did I. Uh, blue. Because Blastoise. I played red because it had a fucking dragon on the front. It's still not a dragon. It is a dragon. Char- Charizard's a dragon. No. Charizard's been a dragon since multi-type Pokemon had been a dragon. Did you play yellow? Yes, I played yellow. I played red. No, sorry. I played blue. I played yellow. I played silver because Lugia. Um, and then I didn't play again until X and Y, uh, which to me is straight up baby's first Pokemon. Um, I tried to play. I think it was Y is what I tried to play until I realized this game is going to handhold me every fucking step of the way and I cannot deal with this anymore. Yeah. Um, people talk about the fact that a lot of that is implemented. They feel like it's still implemented again in this. Um, but it's really only early game that I feel like it does that. Once you get past the first three gyms, it's very much, okay, now you are in the real world of Pokemon. Because the first three gyms are literally just... Uh, grass, water, fire. You are fighting those first three things, which I like because it's like, hey, you are instantly going up against, depending on depending on who you going pick. Going up against the base types, yeah. and so you understand type differences and how they affect your battles. So after that, you're kind of like off rail. Well, it, you still it's still a 
progression of these are the gyms you go to go through next. Oh, okay. Um, but a big difference to that is the wild area. Uh, I have not gone further than the first three gyms because I'm just spending all my time fucking around in the wild area. Between raising the level of Pokemon that I, I didn't really focus on because I didn't need them, um, to just trying to catch things that I'm like, oh shit, I love that thing, I want that thing. I remember doing that in yellow. I grinded my Pikachu till it was high enough level that I could beat Brock in the same way Ash beat him <laughs> in the TV show. By electrocuting the fire extinguishers? Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to. I wanted to beat Onyx with a fucking Pikachu. Pikachu, yeah. <laughs> um, Kim, you good? Dizzy. Huh? Dizzy. Dizzy. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, so, uh, one thing that I kind of it, a lot, one of the things people are complaining about is if you are to find a a higher level Pokemon, you can't catch them unless you have a certain badge. Like, the badges, it's not so much as, hey, you can control a Pokemon to a certain level. It's like, hey, you can now catch this level of po- the, up to this level of Pokemon. That's um, a change. It's a change, but I kind of understand it in the way of, one, you wouldn't be able to control that Pokemon to begin with. Two, you would basically be making the rest of the game way too easy. If you're like, hey, you, you were level 16, you somehow magically caught a level 40 Onyx. Great balls, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do have great balls. I haven't gotten ultra balls yet. Um, I think they're, I found they're one. They're just okay. They're just okay. Just right. okay balls. Um, <laughs> they've got those wet balls now too. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> do you know how easy it is? So okay, very random tangent. You pointed out the deets nuts earlier. I'm Deep- just trying not to think about your fucking balls right now. <laughs> <laughs> deets and Watson. Has a, has a new product called Deets Nuts. Um, and the commercial is amazing. It is. It's full, 100% going in on the joke. It's Craig Robinson going, you want some Deets Nuts? It's Craig, wasn't it Terry Crews and Tegs, Craig Robinson or something? I don't know. I thought it was Terry Crews. I thought it was I just someone saw Terry Crews in a commercial, too. Um, all I know is that it's like how they, how they taste, how Deets Nuts taste. It's great. And Kim asked how they were. I said, they're salty. They are. <laughs> Uh, I like the bigger ones more than the smaller ones. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> Nate, Nate's out. I'm Nate glad to know you have a preference. <laughs> well, Space Time Dog is about to be a solo fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm in. <laughs> um, Alright, back to Pokemon. <laughs> uh, Deets and Watson. Not a sponsor, but... Could Maybe be. could be. Deets nuts. Put them in your mouth. Yeah, the running joke now is that if you need a sponsor, just find a fucking VPN. Honestly, <laughs> Nord VPN. They are up there. Express yeah. VPN. They sponsor like just about every channel on YouTube that has lost monetization. So you got to fucking whatever. We'll move past the YouTube. What? One minute? We're not doing one minute. One minute. We got like three other things to talk about. One minute. We got both does to talk about. In uh, butts. In butts. We got butts. So that's a whole other topic. Um, Pokemon. <laughs> okay, you ruined so it. You're awful tangents <laughs> because of you. When you're by, what was it, by weights, never touch. What was your scale for rating shit? By borrow bin. By borrow bin. Yeah. What's Pokemon board? 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 No, it's Digimon Barrier. Digimon. Po- Pokemon Shield. Sw- 
Um, I go by, but that's also because I bought every every. I mean, I have a digital copy of Pokemon Let's Go. Okay, let's say um, I have a physical copy of Shield because I know I will return. Let's it say we rewind time. Hold on, I'm hold on. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Just calm down, calm down. Put your hands down. Breathe. This is the first Pokemon game since the OG Pokemon game that I'm planning on finishing the Pokedex. Why? Because I am a 30-year-old like man. Pokemon in the whole game. I'm a 30-year-old man <laughs> who doesn't have time to catch a thousand fucking Pokemon. Eight or 400? Fucking perfect. That's so much easier. I wish I had 151. I couldn't because my mom saved over my game file. I'm still mad at her with that, and she knows why. Uh, <laughs> Plus, she went Charmander. What the fuck? Squirtle. You're so angry about this. <laughs> like, you wouldn't have cared so much. It's just the fact that she picked Charmander. No, it's because I had almost all my po- all the fucking Pokemans. Um, but 400, not that bad. I'm going to do the 400. I'm going to try and get the shinies. And then you're going to let Ruth play? <laughs> no, she's got a separate profile on my Switch. For me, it's not about catching all the Pokemon and completing the Pokedex. It's about having the option to. <laughs> Man, no, so, okay, another one of the big things is the XP share. I, I understand the, 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 how upset people are that you can't turn it off, mm-hmm. because XP share is on at all times, so whenever one Pokemon fights, all, all six Pokemon get a f- slight the amount fraction of XP. Of that XP. Um, and that was even, in Y, X and Y was one of those things, you got an XP share pretty fucking early on. Yeah. Um, for, again... For kids, makes it a little bit easier. I understand. Yeah. I don't mind an XP OG share. Pokemon was a bitch. Yes, I don't mind. It an was XP a lot of grinding because it's well, exactly. It, it was a lot of fucking grinding, and that was the problem. Is you would spend fucking eight hours on a single route between gyms, just walking back and forth, leveling up six Pokemon. So many Zubat, so many Clefable. Yes, Clefable was in the first game. Not, I was thinking, what's the first version of Clefairy now? Isn't there like a pre-flip? Yes, there's a baby one. Clefubble. Clefumble. No. XP share. I'm old. I don't have time. I don't have the eight hours to go back and forth between one route to level up my Pokemon. Be very to maybe careful win. about what you're saying, because someone at Game Freak is going to hear this and go, oh, well, we're just going to fucking sell XP and microtransactions now. No, because Pokemon doesn't do that. Uh, do it in your mobile games. Put as many fucking microtransactions as you want in a mobile game. Don't do Don't. that either. You already... Coming from the person that spent over $1,000 on their, mo- their favorite mobile game. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say it was a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> we told you it was a bad thing, and you still did it. Um, it is. It's one of those things where it's a game that I spent over a thousand dollars on three D anime titties. <laughs> yeah, are they three D or two D? They're three D. Ah, okay, they you can take the character on the fucking screen and like move shake her movie. back and forth and just watch her fucking titties jiggle. It's ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> What is this app called? <laughs> <laughs> Battle, <laughs> Battle Boobies. Battle Boobies. Battle Boobies XD. That's the fucking uh-huh. KJO anime. No, that's what that is. <laughs> the Rar in 20s. <laughs> oh no. no. Rar XD. Rar, yeah, yeah, yeah. 20s. Oh, oh god. god. Um, <laughs> so, 
No, I really am. I really am looking at at this Pokemon (laughs) game as like, hey, this is a perfect game for the kids that it's targeted at, and for the thirty year olds that don't have the time to spend on a Pokemon game anymore. That's fair, and that's why I like it. It looks great. All I ever wanted from a console Pokemon game. Yes, I'm staring directly at you, because I normally have a camera that I kind of look at. all I ever wanted from a console Pokemon game was the experience of Red and Blue on a TV screen. Okay. I didn't need... And most of these fucking people were the same way until Breath of the Wild happened. Breath of the Wild happened and everybody's like, we need that for Pokemon. No. The first no, game... <laughs> the first game is not going to be that. So just get an emulator. <laughs> well, Pokemon Let's Go is that. At first, it is the lowest. It is literally just transfer the game, take out some mechanics, make it for babies. It's cute though. You throw balls. It's cute because I can sit there and pet an Eevee you for hours, it, and, no and he goes yippee because the the recorded voice isn't it going Eevee. It says yippee. That's what it does. It's Pika yippee. Yep. What? Why you give us looks? You can leave anytime. Really? <laughs> um, <laughs> but no. The problem is, I uh, I put in like however many hours Kim was with me for the majority of me playing Pokemon. Um, the week it came out, you were here for a lot of it. You were just oh, calling them cute. You were literally like, they were that all was cute. cute. That's cute. That's cute. Um, what do you want me to say? Toxel. Toxel's adorable. I mean, that's and then he evolves. My mom when I play video games, is, it's cute. I'm like, that is an alien with four jaws. That is cute. not cute. <laughs> um, but Toxel, when he evolves, turns into Toxtricity. Uh, Toxtricity. Toxtricity. Sounds like a MySpace name. He is a. What are you doing? You gonna type it in now? Can't. Just no. stop. Ta- Taxel Intravenous. <laughs> Taxel, chemotherapy drugs. Why is there a Pokemon named after chemotherapy drug? He is really cute. That man looks like he needs therapy. He is angry. He looks like Bait. I named him Bait. He looks like Bait from Dragon Prince. Um, That's the the night mode Taxel? I don't know. I don't know if that's real. It looks fake. Night mode Yeah, he's fake. Um, Kim, go back to the thing. That looks extremely sad. Um, so I had been playing Pokemon for whatever. Came calling them all cute. And then I remembered I had bought Forager. And I had been seeing things about it coming up online being like, hey, hey, Forager's great. And I'm like, oh, I forgot I had this. So what is Forager? Forager is the most addictive fucking game I've ever played in my life. Why is it addictive? I, it's got, it's just consistent happiness. Everything you do gives you level up. It gives you XP. So gives you Forager is your code name for drugs. Heroin. Yeah, drugs. Forager is <laughs> I was drugs. Don't say heroin, but um, then Kim beat me to Forager. It. <laughs> you wake up. You're on an island. What's this sound like? You got punch trees. Oh man, it's Minecraft. No, it's flat. It's 2D Minecraft. Oh, you're gonna say that's Terraria. No, it's cute. Terraria's not cute. Terraria is ugly as fuck. Um, and you also can't really build things like you would in Terraria. It's no, like, because hey, you have to fucking aim this stupid fucking <laughs> circle bullshit. It's a lot better on PC. Um, but 
Forager, you you open up, you got one island. You start mining resources. You can build a thing, you can then make things from that thing. And then, oh hey, you can get more gold. You got gold, you buy more land. That land can have either more resources, or a puzzle, or a dungeon, or just bad guys, or just a fairy that gives you things. Or somebody that wants a are quest. Are these islands procedurally generated? They are a set amount of islands that are, I believe, randomized. Okay. Um, it's adorable. It's a little 8-bit. I will Here, I'll even pull it up real quick for you, because guess what? It was probably the last thing I was playing. Oh, yes, it was. The only thing I want to play for my Switch right now is Astral Chain, but... And this is the... I just started a second playthrough. I just bought um, machine, so. It is kind of cute. It's He's got no arms. And then you hit things, and then you eventually unlock, you, as you complete different quests and things, bug in the face. as you complete, Die, bug. you unlock more and more different outfits for it. Die, tree. And one of the outfits is you can just be a Hollow Knight guy, or you can be Meat Boy, or you can be a skeleton, or a ghost. I'm currently a ghost with a spaceship head on, with a space, space suit for some reason on. Joy-Cons keep desyncing, but... <laughs> That's pretty bad. Aren't they? Yes. I think it's trying to sync up to your oh. Pro Controller. I might be sitting on the Pro Controller. <laughs> yes. Kim pushed all this stuff on oh, one pile. Oh, fuck you! You pushed everything in a pile over here! Did you? you Were you laying down? Were you laying down on it? looking! Were you laying down on a pile of things over here earlier because you pushed no. them off in the corner? No. Yes. <laughs> Today's episode of Divorce Court. It's not Divorce Court, it's just regular friendly yelling in a relationship. Friendly yelling in a relationship. Um, so it basically, my parents did a lot of that. It goes, from, it goes from this, which is me, this is the first island I started on, second island I started on, to. I don't know how to actually back out of this game. Fucking action roll. Yeah, you got to, man. You get attacked eventually by different beasts. Um,. So that that's 21 minutes into the game, really. Mm -hmm. I've played 20 hours <laughs> of the other one. Um, and then this is what happens. You I have the entire map unlocked. I have... I what, normally would have like eight... fucking laser mask? Well, because he shoots demons and skeletons. Why constantly. are there so many bad guys? Those are attacking me. Well, that's in the hell dimension. The hell dimension's down here in the lower levels. The little red guys. If I go up to this, normally if I had a second heart, which obviously I don't have any because I traded them in for more abilities, um, <laughs> you can summon your, you can give up life just for either money or random, it's random generated you things. You can literally sell your soul. Um, you also eventually can make these cool little pylon looking things. Hold on, let me get down to that. Uh, where did I put him? Did I move him up here? I think it's up here now. All of these I currently have, uh, so, uh, there's, what are they? They're called droids. Droids, late game. This is some late game shit. Um, <laughs> so at its heart, it is a crafting game. It's a crafting game with puzzles and other shit. Like right now, I can get either instantly gain random magical scrolls and gain double XP. XP doesn't matter because matter I've already hit level 65, which is the max level. There's more on the PC version. I might buy it. Yes. Um, and then there's builder structures cost half the amount. I'm going to go with the random scrolls so I can show you the fun scrolls. Like, this one just gives me shit. I don't need it because it's whatchamacallit. This one's a fun one. Hold on, let me get back to this. This literally just shoots fireballs in all directions and can kill and destroy everything near me. Oh, and I have two of those. Oh, this one? Boom. All of the materials. 
all of the materials. This other one right here, I'll go over here because I want these things to work faster. Boom, they now work three or twice as fast. Jesus. This game is addictive, and I can't put so it down. I, just... I stayed up till two, almost three in the morning, three nights in a row, playing this fucking game. So... I have tried to get back into Pokemon, <laughs> but then I see Forager is still running. So I go back into Forager. <laughs> So I realized something about crafting games in general is... Addictive? They are addictive. Minecraft was the base for this new wave of crafting games. This new genre of them. Um, All the things! <laughs> Sorry, I pulled up. I remember going back to just vanilla basic Minecraft when it first launched as a very simple Java app, more or less. Um, it was all about hitting blocks, and then building stuff with the stuff you got from those blocks. That was it. Yeah, and it was great. You didn't craft, you didn't, you know, make a whole bunch of stuff in Minecraft. You weren't, like, putting together magical items and shit like that in Minecraft. Not until much later in the game. Not until much later in the game, and then you the didn't even features need to eat. that were tacked on, a lot of people liked those features. Some people just wanted to go back to classic crafting, so that's when they launched creative modes, so they could do that. And, um... And I mean, if you want to just craft, guess yeah. what? You can play Peaceful. Yes. I really enjoy Peaceful. You still need to eat in Peaceful. Yes. It doesn't hurt you in Peaceful, though. No. You just can't jump or run anymore. Yes. I would like... I like playing it in survival mode just because you have to get materials from monsters to do certain things. Yeah, and that's why I will play on Peaceful until I need to build a thing. Let me kill some creeps. Mm -hmm. um, Let me get a creeper to shoot, a, or a skeleton to shoot a creeper so I can listen to some music. I do have a friend who only plays, basically they just play modded versions of Minecraft, which I guess I can be fun in their too. own right. It's just, for me there was something more pure about vanilla Minecraft. You have, you have a PC, you have like OG PC version of Minecraft, right? I believe so. Like a Java, you have to log in through the actual launcher, not through the Xbox thing? I think so, yes. So... I have been playing, and I've talked about this with you guys before. We just need to figure out how to get the server set up because mm -hmm. we're stupid. We're all stupid. Um, I want to play fucking Sky Factory with with you guys. Okay. I play it by myself, but it's not as fun if I don't have other people with me. Gotcha. Well, we'll look into it. All right, or any of the modded games. There are I some really fun it's modded just games. Two people playing at the same time. One of us can set up our machine as a server no. while still playing. But. That would have to be you, because I'd also be streaming. That's fine. <laughs> um, I just have to see if I have the bandwidth to do it. Or we just need another computer. I have another computer. See if I can make that just a, a server I can, machine. I'll see if that one can just be a server machine. Um, well, use a bandwidth and processing power. I also want to play Pixelmon or whatever version of it. There's a version, a mod for Pokemon that puts, or mod for Minecraft that puts Pokemon. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Um. There's even a Pokeball item they added to the mod so you can run around and catch them. Yeah. So, moving on from my latest addiction uh, in my childhood game that is still fun. We're, we're talking about Lightstick Warrior, a.k.a. Star Wars... What is it? Fallen Order? Fallen Order? Jedi Fallen Order. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Is it... I think it's just Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. All I know is it is basically... What if somebody wanted to make a single-player Star Wars game, but has played too many Dark Souls titles? So, I talked about 
before we started recording, I talked about how it makes sense for the lore of the game. Yes. Your character, Cal, is a Padawan who has survived Order 66. Now, this is also similar to some other Star Wars stories like Rebels, where you've got Kanan, right? He's a he's a Jedi who I don't... I think he was just a Jedi Knight when Order 66 happened. He wasn't a Master, he wasn't a Padawan, he was just a Knight at the time. Yeah. Um, so, for me, it makes sense. A lot of people wanted, you know, the flowy, fast-moving combat of games like Force Unleashed or Jedi Academy and stuff like that. And it's like, well, you know, he's a Padawan. All the rest of the Jedi, as far as he knows, are dead... He has nobody to train him, so of course he's going to be more cautious when he fights stuff. Of course he's going to take his time and take a more methodical approach. He doesn't exactly know what he's doing. <laughs> and so through the game, you you know, you know go through, you find little save points, and you meditate so you can learn new skills, which makes sense as he's fighting, he gains experience, and he learns new stuff. Um, but no, you're not going to have this super fast-paced, bleeding-edge style of almost devil-may-cry combat you know, with that type of game. Now, the problem with that is, mm -hmm. it could, one, it could easily have that stuff. Yeah. Uh, they really did not do a good job of pitching it that way. No. In any gameplay I had seen, it had made it seem like it was more a streamlined, fun, running around, beating shit up. Yes. Getting the abilities because you are beating these things up, not because, hey it's at that point where you need this ability and you've obviously killed everything along the way that you now have the skills to do the points to do that. Yeah. Um, and I didn't... I literally had no idea that's how this game was until I hit the first meditation point. And it's like, if you save now, everything... You get your health back, but all the bad yeah, guys respawn. I'm like, this is a fucking Dark Souls game. It is. So I gave it like another hour or so and I'm like, yeah, I'm out. I, I took it back. Luckily, I got it pre-owned, which... I should have guessed somebody had. I should have looked into it more because of that. Um, I was actually really surprised that it was already pre-owned. Yes. What I'm hearing, yeah, the combat is very much Dark Souls S. The exploration, well, the traversal mechanics. Say not exploration, but traversal mechanics leave a little bit to be desired because they do feel quite sticky and almost clunky. Mm -hmm. Um. However, there is puzzle solving in the game that's fairly unique and really based around the force powers you have unlocked. Um, you do do a lot of backtracking in the game to go get stuff based on the powers you've unlocked. I will admit, the, the cool mm -hmm. thing is you do one of the first planets that it like you get to learn and be told that you can go explore mm -hmm. is Dathomir, which mm -hmm. is where fucking... Um, Darth Maul's yeah, Maul and his brother from the Clone Wars. Savage Opress. Yeah, man. That's also I where highly recommend. Asajj Ventress is from. Yeah, she's a night sister. She was. Was a night sister. Well, I guess all of them were. Yeah. None of them are alive anymore. No. I wonder if any of the night sisters are still alive. Well, there were even Dathomiri Jedi, like all the way back. If you think of like old Republic stuff, so. I never played any of those. Well, I played the over, the MMO Old Republic. And the only Star Wars games that I really ever I played. I always play Sith as Old Republic. So. Besides the Lego games, because I play all the Lego games. Except for Hobbit, the Lord of the Rings, or whatever, because that was stupid. I didn't like what they did with it. They made it, was, it too <laughs> RPG. They made it way too RPG. It was a fucking open world Lego game. It was so weird. And not in a good way. Like, no. The, the Batman, the last Batman game which is, in my opinion, 99.9% .9 perfect. 
I only say that because there's a glitch that made it so I can't get 100% in that game, so it can't get 100%. Um, See, I told you about that, right? Okay. We're well aware of your grudge with Batman They never fixed it. I can never, and I'm not replaying that whole fucking game. I'm still pissed at fucking Assassin's Creed 2. You know how long long it's a shit game, game, man. Well, no, I'm pissed off because one of the achievements was to buy all the artwork in the game, and I bought all the artwork in the game, and the achievement never unlocked. And now they expect me to play literally Have until the end of the fucking game to do that achievement. Yeah, I gotta do the same thing with if I play Batman. I'm not doing it. Batman longer. Yeah, probably not. No. Um, Assassin's Creed is basically a movie that you sometimes play. What were we talking about? Fucking Dothraki. Not Dothraki, Dothmiri. Last Jedi. Jedi people. Not Last Jedi. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order. It is a game that I am sure there are a lot of people that will love. Uh, it is obviously. Like it. it is not reviewing poorly. It is actually doing pretty well. It is a very slow moving, and kind of there are some noticeable glitchiness to it. It has. It definitely was launched faster than it should have been. It's launched faster than it should have been. Things in the game are not polished. Mm-hmm. It, it looks bad. Me of... I'm playing on an Xbox One S, and it looks yeah. bad. So it reminds me of what they did. The issue with all of these games, honestly, is EA's insistence well, on using the Frostbite engine. Is it still fucking Frostbite? Yes. And what does Apex play on? Apex That's not Frostbite, doesn't is it? use Frostbite. Okay, good, because Apex looks great. <laughs> yes. The issue with the Frostbite engine is it was built specifically for to Battlefront. Be, yeah, well, not even for Battlefront, for Battlefield. Yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. So, it's built specifically for a realistic feeling, and I stress feeling because it's not realistic huh. at all, first person shooter. It's not built for action games, it's not built for racing games, it's not built for any of this other stuff that. EA insist on it being used for. What it's good at is texturing. And that's why games like Battlefront, the environments in them, even Fall in Order, the environments look really good. But animations, especially from a third person's perspective, like this game is, yeah. look like garbage. Because it's not built to handle those things and linking them together smoothly. That's why you'll see attack transitions in this game. You expect to like pull off a combo here or there. Maybe get in some extra damage if you take a risk and try to do it. It looks like two completely separate animations playing one after the other. One thing I noticed mm-hmm. early on was it has obviously a parry system. You have, you can block yeah. or you can block at the right time for a you parry. You can parry kind of and thing. counter. It's the I expected from I expected it to be very much I block. Okay, now I can start going in. It literally is block and then once I I hold the block and then when I release and go to attack, sometimes it'll be like no, no, you are still leaving that block animation, so you have to wait a second before you can attack. I'm yes. like, what? No. There are these long... I'm, I'm, I have a lightsaber. <laughs> no, there are these very long pauses between interactions of what your character's doing in the game, and that's what sort of messes up the flow of combat. I think if they took a little bit more time, put a little bit more polish on that, that would have been fine, but it also is Respawn's entertainment, like, first foray yeah. into the style of game. And that's, like, my biggest thing where I'm like, I'm going to give you guys this because I thoroughly enjoy Apex. I mm-hmm. love Titanfall. I loved what I played of Titanfall 2. I never played the story mode. I only played, oh, cam- wow. or, uh, and you love that, don't don't you love the campaign of that? The campaign is amazing because yeah. it's it's one of the... I think it's on sale right now for, like, five bucks, so I might just get when, it. When people talk about first-person shooter campaigns, it goes back to what I was talking about Modern Warfare, is 
I've always said. Well, I've always said there's only so many ways you can do the formula of shoot guns and throw grenades and stuff, right? Like you can't adapt on that too much, or else it becomes something entirely different. Mm -hmm. So what you do is you break up the mission structure in a first-person shooter campaign, so that way you are doing those things to accomplish different goals with different tools. In Modern Warfare 11, I talked about the mission in Piccadilly, where you're going through the streets trying not to kill civilians, but take out all these terrorists at the same time. But then there's another mission, almost immediately after that, where you're sneaking through a house, going door-to-door, room-to-room, trying to take out all these terrorists in a building in a methodical way, so you can't just run and gun your way through the mission. Um, there's another one where you fly these little C4-strapped RC planes into stuff and blow them up. So you have that stuff. In the same way, Titanfall 2 had that because there's a, the most famous mission in the game. You literally warp between two different time periods back and forth. Not only just to traverse through the level, but to also take out enemies in different ways. Hmm. Or to get rid of enemies that are blocking your path. So you do that. Um, there's missions where BT is literally throwing you between different uh, dropships. Like he's chucking you from dropship to dropship. To help you traverse the level and get to the lead ship so you can take out one of the bad guys. So it's got all that stuff. It's got Titanfall 2 even has boss fights. Like, you don't expect a boss fight to be in your first person shooter. Yeah. So those are the things that are unique. And I think Respawn brought some of that into Fallen Order. I've seen some of the larger battles. The game, at least from what I saw on YouTube and stuff, I haven't watched any of this stuff because I don't want to spoil. But there are plenty of boss fights in the game to go through. Games that actually take the skills you've learned and make you apply them. Um, so stuff like that happens in the game. I don't, like you said, I don't think it's a game for everybody. I don't think everyone's going to 100% love this one. Um, but it's a piece of Star Wars canon that hasn't been explored yet. It's a gap between Order 66 and what happens later. Um, this game, as far as I know, actually takes place immediately after Order 66 happens. Um, it gives us a whole new character in the Star Wars lore, which there are already rumors floating around that the guy who plays Cal may appear later in actual live-action Star Wars content. Yeah, I've been waiting mm-hmm. to see who is somebody... Like, I actually kind of Googled a little after I returned it, and I'm like, I want to see where some of this ends up, where, if there's yeah. any crossover. And I didn't read too much, but I was definitely seeing some people being like, this could all link to well, such and yeah. such. And it's also a basis for EA... If this game does as well as I hope it does, along with Need for Speed Heat, these two games are a platform for people who want to play EA games but haven't have had all these issues with the way EA has been run over the years mm-hmm. to finally say with their dollars this time, vote with their dollars and say, these are the kinds of games we want now. We don't want these over-monetized, broken-down messes of games. We want a full $60 experience when we buy it. Yeah. If you want to add stuff later, that's fine. Um, so, sorry, I threw you off with that. No, but that was. I mean, I just. Are you done talking about Lightstick Warrior now? Oh yeah, I'm done. Okay, with so, the game and talking about it. The very last thing is what I was touching at is EA now has this platform to go forward now with these new games and the way that they're making them. The one thing that I hate the most, though, is them getting praise for it, is... It's like, hey, you've been fucking up for years, and now you're finally doing better. 
the thing is, is what people think now with these new games is they think, oh, well, this is the way games should be. It's like, no, this is the way games used to be. What's wrong? Do you want to stay for dinner? I'm making gumbo. Sure. Okay. Okay. Um, no, this is the way uh, video games used to be. You used to get a complete game for 60 bucks. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if you wanted to add stuff on later, if the game company added stuff on later, you bought it because usually it was worth it. But you already enjoyed sixty dollars worth of a game before that, you know. You bought maybe a map pack have, for Call up? of Duty. Why do we always back up a little bit? Because it's the one thing. It's your biggest thing now. It is my biggest thing, but it's the one thing that actually matters in the gaming market because there there is no video games without money. That's the thing people need to understand. Yeah. You can't just make a video game out of thin fucking air. You need to pay people to do that. The issue is, is how they are paying those people to do those things. They're paying one. They're mm -hmm. paying the wrong people. Well, yes. They're, they're paying, paying the most amount of money to the wrong to people. Shareholders and executives. I will say, like, I have no problem with the game, with the budget as big as or bigger than than movies. Yes. I just wish that that money wasn't going towards people that already have plenty of money. I yeah. wish it was going to the actual fucking developers well, that are. It's spending going to, 40 plus hours a week. It in, should be going to developers, but most of all, it should be reinvested into the game-making process itself. That's the important part. Mm -hmm. Is There's always going to be a better tool or asset out there that a game developer can use. Give them the funds they need to go get those things to make the good game. If you restrict them to using a specific tool set, like in the case of the Frostbite Engine yeah. EA, or you restrict them to these oversights that I'm sure Jedi Fallen Order had because it has to fit within Disney's Star Wars ethos now. That was actually a big complaint about the whole dismemberment thing. You can dismember, you can chop apart animals and droids and stuff like that, but not people. Yeah. Um, you know, Which that stays one, very much in line with. Yeah. yeah. So, I feel like, unless maybe there's a part in the game where you can chop one single person's hand off because... As we talked about earlier with Star Wars, you can dismember a single hand. Yes. Or an entire C-3PO. Um, no, what I think going forward is, is well, like I was getting at anyway, just to finish it off. I don't like EA being praised for what they're doing. I wouldn't say, don't give EA pats on the back. Don't praise them for this stuff. They don't deserve it. No game company deserves it. I hate every time like we sit down, we do E3 every year. And then someone comes out and says, no microtransactions, the whole crowd goes wild, and it's like, why are you cheering for Fallen that? Order actually isn't Frostbite. It's oh. Unreal. Oh, okay. It's Unreal 4. Um, I just wanted to look it up, just in case. So the Hexy did they never it said, Yeah, time. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order dev never considered Frostbite. Okay. I need you to bring the broom up, please. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Always connected house. Uh... Yeah, so hopefully this trend continues. Hopefully we get full $60 games that are worth 60 bucks at launch. Hopefully COD fixes its terrible spec ops. Hopefully we get better DLC for better games, so on and so forth. Chris is taking a brew upstairs, and I'm trying to wrap the show. <laughs> um... While Chris is doing that, anyway, I guess, yeah, big thank you 
to everyone who tuned in to our extra life stream this year. As we mentioned, we we had big big goals. We got over fourteen hundred bucks this year, and that's amazing. Um, so we really do appreciate that. It goes to a very good cause. We're glad you all tuned in. Hopefully, you stay tuned in for our regular content, which there will be hopefully a lot more of in the very near future. Um, personally, I am working on YouTube videos for our YouTube channel. Now, some big changes are coming to YouTube, so I don't know exactly how that's going to work, but the videos are being made. The project files are still there, so if I have to move to a different platform, it's not a big issue. Um, I'm going to keep working on that stuff. It's just been hard because I've had to learn as I go. Um, this is the first time I've really tried doing video production, and I'm doing it entirely on my own. I don't have an editor or someone I'm outsourcing this to. I'm doing it 100% from scratch on my own. So that content's coming up. Um, and Chris is back. Yay, now we can wrap the show. What are we talking about? <laughs> Uh, stuff, I said thank you to everyone who tuned in to our extra live stream. I did the same thing when you went away. <laughs> <laughs> and then I talked about YouTube videos that I'm making. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us for a very weird uh, all over the episode way. Wait, what? All over the place we were episode. Very all over the place this time. Hopefully, it's not too hard to follow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if not, I mean, hey, it's just a normal conversation between friends. Um,. So yeah, we'll hopefully be back. <sighs> Definitely not next weekend. Yeah. Um, we're trying to f fit in an extra episode so we can be back on track for our Christmas episode to air or release before actual Christmas. Um, but other than that, normal two or every other week, every other weekend podcast. Yay! Uh, we should be back live with video next week or next episode um so yeah thank you go inside and play video games follow us on all the social media all that fun stuff add me on stadia <laughs> Tyler burrito and if you want to add our friend lewis ak or lou aka typhoon Akano, his username is can you guess what it is it's lewis it's not typhoon Akano. he went <laughs> with lewis, lewis and i love that he went with just lewis he tried uh, Donald Tr Donald Trump. Somebody already took it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, go inside and play video games. Bye bye. <laughs> I'm not editing this. Good. I'm just putting it out like it is. I'm glad I didn't say anything racist.